0: Well, last week we talked about what really bad worship is. Today we're going to talk about what really good worship is, and it involves just a couple things, praying, singing, and who knows, maybe even an earthquake will happen. And in today's uh, Bad Doctrine of the Week, we're going to talk about a woman who tragically is trading her value in the image of God for money. It's very sad, but we're going to talk all about it today on the Digging Deeper podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our goal is to dig into that week's sermon, so that way we might just dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts. We are so glad that y'all joined us today on this beautiful morning or evening or hot summer day or whenever you're watching. It could be raining. Who knows? Anyways, my name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate
1: pastor here at First Baptist Hazel. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the connections minister here at First Baptist Hazel.
0: And back in sound... What's up? Judah Sandiford? You have to apologize to everyone. Everyone, I got thousands of comments about you not being here last week.
2: I don't apologize. <laughs>
0: I don't accept my cancellation. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, Judah's back over there. And uh, I feel a lot better now because someone's monitoring <laughs> the, the, uh, the video and the audio. So that way I don't have to wonder if everything's uh, destroyed um, once we're done. But anyways, we're glad that y'all joined us here today. Um, This past week, uh, Pastor Lee got uh, into a second week of worship, and the previous week, he talked about really bad worship, and we had a lot of fun with that here. Judah, you missed out. Big time. Uh, But this week, we're moving into um, what is good worship, and I just want to say, Lee missed an opportunity here. So, Judah, last week... The sermon was entitled, Really Bad Worship. This week, he wants to talk about good worship. So, what should the title be?
1: Good Worship.
0: Really Good Worship. Really Bad Worship. Really Good Worship. That's not the title. The title is The Power of Wonderful Worship. That's okay, though, because you know it, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> That's what I would have done. But anyways, this week's sermon is The Power of Wonderful Worship, and it's basically approaching, like, like let's take a look at a, uh, what he called a worship service in the Bible uh, and see what they did um, in that little worship service and um, how God responded to that and, you know, what can we glean off of that of how we can worship and how we can come to God uh, in our own uh, lives. And it's really simple. There's there's two points to yep. this whole thing. Uh, we might get out here pretty quick today. There's two points. Uh, what is wonderful worship? Uh, well, one, they prayed. And two, they sang. That's it. And that's it. Two points. They prayed. They sang. <laughs> and then lots of other things happen, which we're going to get into, uh, which probably doesn't uh, happen in a normal worship service, but True. Uh, you know, we'll find out. Anyways... Last week we talked about um bad worship experiences. Have you had
1: good worship experiences? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I sure have. What about you, Chris? Have you um, had good worship experiences?
0: Every single week here at First Bebdis Hazel. <laughs> Absolutely. There's not a single bad experience that's I like the normal had. Right. Um, especially when Roxanne's not singing. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, Roxanne. We're gonna see if Roxanne actually watches this. Yeah, that's right. We'll find um, out. No, uh, uh, good worship experiences are great. Um, And you get to go home and you're like, man, worship the Lord today, learn something, applied something, all those things. Um, There's something about, we we talked about last week that it's not about the experience. right? Um, But there's also at the same time that we're not chasing experience that um, whenever we're uh, coming before God humbly and worshiping Him uh, faithfully, uh, that a lot of times there are Experiences That come out of that And so It's not a bad thing It's not what we chase But at the same time The Lord blesses us Yeah,
1: that's right We get to enjoy those things sometimes
0: Yep Um, Okay Uh, I'll tell you this Uh, Some of the best worship experiences I've had I've been in my car Yep Same same here (laughs) Um, Whenever, you know You're just listening to a song And the song hits you Just a little bit different Oh yeah Uh, You know, the words speak to you Just a little bit different
1: Hits you in the feels sometimes Yep It's like, oh Um, man
0: Well, we're going to see today uh, the passage that uh, Pastor Lee uh, went to is Acts 16, and this is when Paul and Silas were in prison. And this is probably the most um, unideal worship experience uh, that someone could have, yet maybe the most, um, one of the most Uh, God-moving worship experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's going to, out the gate, show us that it's not your environment that's going to determine uh, whether worship worship is going to be good or bad or not. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be in Acts 16, starting in verse 29. (coughs) Do you want to go ahead and read that and we'll get, get kicked off?
1: Yes. All right. Acts 16, starting in verse 29. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God.
0: Yep. So that's the, the tail end of yes. the story there. Um, sorry, I didn't realize that. So so let's give let's give a little bit of
1: backstory okay. as to what's going on here. You want to explain that? Yeah, sounds good. So uh, the backstory really starts back in verse 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it'd be helpful just to go on and read that. Sure. Um, so starting in verse 22, here's the the kind of the backstory. So that was the result. Here's what happened before. Uh, Acts 16, 22. Uh, The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them, and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake.
0: Here's what's going on. Uh, you've got Paul and Silas who uh, were taken, beaten, stripped of their clothes, thrown in jail. And while they were in jail, they worshipped. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but they worshipped, and uh, as they were worshiping, a uh, earthquake happened. Uh, their chains fell off. Doors opened. Uh, the uh, prisoner, or not the prisoner, the jailer uh, drew a sword to kill himself. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more as well. Uh, but they said, "Don't do that." The guy actually got saved from this uh, moment, and you know, so on and so forth. All that happened, and whatnot. Uh, but w- what we're particularly looking at is while they were worshiping in the prison, uh, we see them do
1: two very specific things. Mm-hmm. What, what are those things? Uh, the first one is that they were praying. They were praying. This right? is about midnight, is what yep. it says. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, uh, right there in the middle of the night, uh, it's dark. Uh, like you said, they've been uh, beaten. Uh, their feet are placed in stocks. There's no, you know, there's no getting comfortable uh, there. They have nothing else to do, even mm-hmm. uh, sleep. Uh, Pastor Lee even mentioned sleep is probably going to be elusive for these guys. They've just been uh, beaten, um, thrown in jail. Uh, it's probably hard to sleep, I would imagine, uh, as as he pointed out. Uh, after you've been beaten that way, mm-hmm. and so what do they do? They pray. Yeah. And this
0: is probably, like you said, isn't the type of prayer that they're about to go to sleep and they just like, as they're falling Um, asleep, uh, they
1: start praying. Drift
0: off. Um, It's not like, you know, your end of the day prayer um, (laughs) um, as as you fall asleep mid-prayer. Right. Um, Not one of those. This is probably fervent prayer um, uh, in their time of... uh, you know, bad circumstances, yeah. which you know, brings up, you know, the first thing that Pastor Lee was talking about is that that their worship wasn't driven by their circumstances, right. right? It's not because like everything's going great and that's what drove them to worship. It was like actually the opposite. Everything was going awful. Uh, and uh, instead of seeing that as a time to, you know, sit and complain, I think we've talked about this before, that if I was thrown in jail for my faith, I would be riding Congress yeah. <laughs> um, trying to get everyone to get me out rather than just, you know, sit and pray to God um, uh, but Paul used his um, his bad circumstances um, not as opportunities for complaining, but rather as opportunities for worship, mm-hmm. and th- that tends to happen in life, right? As I, like we often hear, you know, when people have, you know, uh, you know, major life events that, you know, whether it's the loss of a loved one or loss of a job or financial issues or um, relationship issues, or, or whatever it may be, um, it's it's in times of great distress that people find their way back to God. Why do you think that is?
1: Um, I think part of it is, uh, I mean, especially when, when you're in a crisis, you know, the normal everyday, you know, stuff, the things that you might otherwise be doing day in and day out, uh, I think you're you kind of become detached from those things easier. Um, so if oh uh, you know things are going great, you know maybe I've had a long day at work and I'm kind of tired. I just want to sit and uh, in front of the TV and watch a show or you know whatever, mm-hmm. just kind of. Um, you know, and then, you know, go to sleep and yeah, then it's wake easy up the next morning. It's easy to tune out the world and, yeah, because yeah, you know, there's no like great, right. you know, now, impending yeah, doom happening. Now, yeah, if something's really, really weighing on you, then, you know, the normal forms of like in this case, entertainment, you know, aren't going to provide a distraction if those things are weighty enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you've experienced loss or you're, you're stressed or anxious about, uh, like financial things or relationship yeah. things, then it's like, okay, this has my attention and my focus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I need to take those things to God. And I think it's easier uh, in those times to, to do that, to sort of disengage from those things we might otherwise be doing.
0: So that's interesting. Um, so so what we would typically call distractions, so it's so like, say, TV or yeah. our phones or social media, we would typically call those distractions. But in reality... It's, 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 it's the, um, it's the bad circumstances that distracts us from the distractions, right? right. right? So it's like a, it's kind of like a, you know stepping in front of what was the distraction and right. distracting us from what we're trying to distract right. us from. Right. Uh, and so it's like when everything's going great, all of these distractions work as they're intended and distract us and, you know, cure our boredom or yeah. apathy or whatever. And it's only whenever there's dire circumstances surrounding us that those distractions no longer work anymore. Right. And now we're stuck with the reality of life.
1: Right. right. And they they sort of serve to like jolt us and mm-hmm. kind of wake us up and it's like, oh man, Um, Especially when, you know, whatever the circumstances are are relatively unexpected. It's not something that you're, like, prepared for or you're, like, kind of, you know, ready Mm -hmm. uh, to have to deal with. Um, And then, I mean, I think it serves to kind of shock us awake and Mm -hmm. we realize that, oh, man, whatever the circumstance is, isn't a good one. And then that has all your focus. And and even uh, even a momentary distraction, uh, you know, you're going to go right back to... Uh, to the circumstance or whatever um, sort of crisis it is that you're in. And uh, yeah, from there we just, you know, pray.
0: I'll have that. Um, so, So whenever there's like an issue in my life, you know, be it, you know, something major or something small, usually it's something small, like all that issue be on my mind, and then I I'll distract myself from it mm-hmm. um, and not think about it. But then, uh, like in you know watching TV or, or just sitting there or doing whatever, I'll just feel this low level anxiety yep. sitting on me, and I'll and I'll actually ask myself, I'm like, why am I anxious? Like like why do I feel this way? And I have to like kind of burrow into my mind to to figure out you know what what exactly is causing me uh, anxiety, and then I'll be like, oh yeah.
1: That thing. Yeah. That thing that I was trying to forget about. Yeah, right. I can't,
0: that's still there. So, even whenever we do successfully distract ourselves, our bodies are smarter than that. (laughs) And and they know that even though you're not. you know, consciously thinking about in that moment in our subconscious is actually weighing on us. Yeah, it's there. Um, and uh, we're we're getting a little bit off. Yeah, but um, but on a side note, that's why Jesus calls us to um, do one of two things with our anxiety: to either, if you can do something about today, take action and go do something about it, and if you can't, then it's tomorrow's problem. Yep. Put it to the side, compartmentalize, and deal with it tomorrow. If it's not a today's problem right. kind of thing. Anyways, all that said. Um so so yeah, uh so bad cir- bad circumstances. Um we tend to not have the ability to distract ourselves from it with the normal ways of life. So now we just gotta deal with it. And and I've seen people go two ways with this. Mm-hmm. They either like go hard against God, um and basically blame God for everything and just just bolt. Or they'll use that as a time of like um, revival in their own lives Mm -hmm. to come back to God. Um, One that uh, that made me think about this uh, while he was talking was Job. Mm -hmm. Um, So Job, which he's not one that was like, you know, running away from God or anything like that. Uh, But he was a man um, after God and lost everything. And in that, in him losing everything, it didn't cause him to actually run away from God, but actually come to God in that. And I thought that's just a, a good example um, of of what to do in times of of um, dire circumstances to pray to God, come to God, and do all those things. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we see uh, Paul and uh, Silas do this and, and potentially some of the other guys there. Um, that in their bad circumstances use it as an opportunity to focus on God and, and pray to God. And uh, Pastor Lee brings up 2 Chronicles 7. Do you want to read that one?
1: Yes. 2 uh, Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land.
0: Yeah, and so this is obviously disconnected from from the passage that we're in. This is yes. the Old Testament passage, um, and so so Lee uh, brought up this passage as a as like let's look at the principles surrounding prayer right. that that God set up here. And so those principles they point out here are that if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, um, I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal. Mm-hmm. Um, those things. And without going too deep into to this uh, um, one of the things that I like that he pointed out um was the humility aspect of yes. like the the important part of prayer, particularly um worship, is that it has to come from a place of humility before God right um do you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah, it's not that we approach God uh, because we uh, we know or we think that oh, hey, I've been doing really good uh, in my life. I've been living uh, righteously, and I'm better than all of these other people, so uh, uh, thank you, God, that I'm... It's like the Pharisee and the, mm-hmm. the tax collector uh, yeah. parable. Um, you know, God, that's not uh, a, a prayer that uh, God is very quick and ready to listen to.
0: <laughs> thank um, you that I am not like Judah over there. Right.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh Rather, uh, coming to God humbly, like the tax mm-hmm. collector, who's he who can't even look up uh, to heaven. He's beating his chest, say, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." You know, and then Jesus poses the question: Which one of these uh, walked away, uh, you know, doing the right thing in God's eyes that day? Mm-hmm. And like, well, the, the tax collector, not mm-hmm. the Pharisee. Um, and so, yeah, uh, humility is a big part of the way we have to approach God. Yeah, uh,
0: and that's um, th- there's multiple passages uh, that talk about this. And one of my favorite ones, I can't remember the passage off the top of my head, but it basically talks about how um, uh, it's God's job to exalt, and it's our job to humble. Mm-hmm and uh a quote that i like is that it's god's job to exalt it's our job to humble if we try to do god's job he will do our job mm. uh and uh we see that in the uh in revelation where it says uh, every knee will bow mm. uh, and so it's like you can either humble yourself before god willingly now or he will humble you before yeah. him yeah. in the second coming uh and so uh, the, the great thing about humbling ourselves before God and, and what we mean by humbling is you come before God, not with like an arrogance, not trying to make yourself like God, um, not trying to make yourself better than you are, but a, a sobering reality of I'm a sinner standing before a holy God. Yeah. That, that's humbling yourself. And so whenever you come before God low and humble, he will exalt you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's the whole gospel is that um Uh, God trades our humility and shame for Jesus' righteousness and exaltation. That's right.
1: Yeah. And it's all based on Jesus. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Jesus humbled himself, right? Mm -hmm. He took the form of a servant. Uh, He emptied himself. Uh, He came in the form as a man. He humbled himself that way, all the way, uh, and he was obedient to the cross. And so, as a result, uh, God uh, exalted him. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the the things that Lee mentioned in coming to God humbly in our prayers is that God wants prayers from the heart. He doesn't want just canned prayers. He doesn't want the, you know, God is great, God is good, let's thank the for this food. Uh, he doesn't want that. He wants like genuine, like pouring yourself out to God. Uh, and this made me think of uh, my daughter praying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um I didn't know how fun it is to listen to kids pray. Oh man! Until Lottie started praying. Um, do you have any uh, oh. any times uh, any uh, you know memorable moments uh, that you want to share with your kids praying?
1: Uh, yeah, um, especially uh, Joanna. She's three. You mm-hmm. know, same age as as Lottie is. Mm-hmm. Well, the older kids uh, they they like to take turns, especially before we pray at meals and and things like that. And so sometimes uh Joni, she'll uh she'll weigh in uh and she'll decide that she's going to take it upon herself to pray mm-hmm. but it's usually she's like doing a half whisper and uh speaking gibberish and then she gets to the end and very excitedly amen pops up and like <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good job you did it yeah. yes <laughs> it's super cute yes uh with Lottie you know
0: before we go to bed each night you know we'll read a book and and R- Randy's better at this. She'll, she'll ask Lottie. It's like, okay, who should we pray for? Because she knows if we just let Lottie go, like, the prayer will just go <laughs> anywhere. Um, and so we'll ask, her, like, what friends do you want to pray for or whatnot? And, and then we'll pray. Uh, but it's so funny. Um, like, Lottie, when she prays, it's almost like she just looks around the room, and whatever she sees, <laughs> that's what she prays for. Uh, and so she has a little baby shark pillow, and so she'll say, like, Lord, I pray for baby shark, and for polka dots, <laughs> and for
1: <laughs> <laughs> so on and so forth. Laundry list. Yeah, yeah. it's just
0: whatever. Um, there's one time uh, she not I don't think she does this anymore, but she would she would pray, and um, I think I think what she was trying to say like God help help us do this or help us do whatever. But she would get her words confused, and she would say, "I help you." And so it's like, she's like assistant God in this moment. Um, it's like, I help you with this. I help you with this. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're not coming to God to, to say, I help you. Right.
1: We're coming to God to say, like, you help us. That sounds like our bad doctrine of the week.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. But it's so funny. Uh, if, if you have a small child and you do not pray with them, Pray with them, oh yeah, and just listen to what they say. It's so precious and so sweet because it's just from the heart. Um, oh yeah, it's whatever's on their mind. That's what comes out. There's no like front that they're trying to put on, right?
1: You're what you see is what you get.
0: Yeah, which is probably it probably would do us well to come at it from that angle as well. Like if we've had a bad day, let's like just be honest with God. Just be like God, this has been a bad day. And I need your help <laughs> yep. um in trying to to deal with this, like God's not dumb uh, right. like like he knows what's going on and um and you know the whole point of prayer is for us to come you know present ourselves before the Lord humbly, and you know all cards on the table uh if you try to put it on a front then then you end up looking like the Pharisee, yep, and that uh but yeah, that just, it made me think of Lottie praying, uh which is fun um. But yeah, so so that that's the first thing that we see in this little, you know, quote-unquote worship service with, with Paul is that they prayed, and what's the next thing they did? They sang. They sang. That's it. Yeah. It's simple. They prayed, and they sang. All right, we'll see y'all <laughs> No, so they sang, and uh, Pastor Lee mentioned, uh, we don't know if they were great singers or not, you know, as a... Yeah, a bunch of prison guys. Mm-hmm. My guess is they probably weren't great singers. You, you um, never know. Uh,
1: you, you never know. Uh, but they didn't have to be. That's the point. They didn't have to be. That, the point, right? to be. Yes.
0: that, that was exactly the point. Um, but have you ever thought about why do we sing? Why is singing part of worship? Have you ever thought about that?
1: Huh. Um, yes, yeah, some. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Not. Very often, because it's you know it's part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we sing, and uh, God in His Word tells us to sing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a that's a pretty good reason uh, yeah. right there for singing. Have you ever but. thought about
0: um, how the how how odd that might look to someone? So, like someone, let's say someone has zero ch- church experience, has no clue what church is, and they walk in, and uh, one of the first things we do is we all stand up and just start singing songs. I wonder if that's jarring to someone who has no experience with it. They're like, all these people are singing together. This is weird. I've been to concerts, and concerts are fun. You know, like, we all have a good time and, like, watch whoever's playing. But this isn't a concert that's going on. This is, like, there's lyrics on the screen, and we're all Mm -hmm. literally singing together, uh, which is not a new thing um, Uh by any means. uh, We see in the Old Testament um, often, so the one that comes to my mind is – Um, whenever the Israelites are walked through the Red Sea Mm -hmm. uh, and God saves them from the Egyptians, what's the first thing they do? They write a song song and they sing. And uh, there's something like inherent, um, I think within humanity, but particularly within Christianity, of like that's just the way that we've always expressed ourselves to God is, is we sing songs. And I think maybe one of the reasons... It's such a good avenue. Is it's so easy to unify us yeah. together on that? Where it's like, have you ever heard those like singing your own song to the Lord uh, moments? Uh, it's it's usually more like charismatic. Oh, um, are they
1: all singing different
0: songs? Yes. At once? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, they'll say that you know. The they'll sing you know the the official song together. And then it'll move into everyone
1: singing your own song to the Lord, and literally everyone's making up their own song. So it's just this. Oh, so it's not like a song that everybody are or that people already know individually. It's no, no, their it, own they song.
0: literally are making up on the spot, and so you just have you know, you know, fifty, hundred, a couple hundred, thousand people, whatever. They're all singing their own song. It's just this. Choir of almost like a, a uh, um, orchestra. Have you ever been to an orchestra yeah. beforehand where they're all just like, yep. You're you know, warming pressing, up? And... Warming up. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I imagine it probably sounds like that. But anyways, um, aside from that, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not really any, you know, pertinence to this conversation, but what singing does is um, it kind of unifies us. Yeah. And, that, and we're all singing and thinking and communicating yeah. the exact same thing at the exact same yeah. time. Corporate worship.
1: That's it. There we go. And it, man, and singing. You know, it, um, God does tell us to sing mm-hmm. uh, to Him, uh, but at the same time, man, there are uh, there's a lot of benefits even for us. So you know, at the uh, on one level, yes, uh, we're singing to make music and uh, to praise and to worship God, um, but at the same time, songs and and singing, it's a way that we can really turn our attention to God, um, and it really uh, stir our affections for Him and what He's done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, there's uh, that's another really good um, good reason. Uh, to yeah,
0: sing. that's one of the things I I normally say if I'm ever doing the intro or if I'm talking about worship. Um, I'll i usually use the word remind, mm-hmm. like like we're gathered here together to remind ourselves about the truth of God because yep. you know the songs that we're singing most likely we're not learning anything deeply theologically new right. in those songs, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like a lot of songs are centered around the gospel, and mm-hmm. a lot of us already know the gospel, right. but it's not about just knowing the gospel, we sing the songs cuz we're reminding ourselves of yeah. the gospel cuz we forget. Oh yeah, we have to be constantly reminded yeah. of the gospel. We forget that we're sinners in need of God and mm-hmm. we forget that that God died on the cross for us and and we might um we might we might like know that that God died on the cross for us, but we've emotionally and spiritually kind of disconnected that yeah. knowledge from that, from our hearts. And, and it's like, while we can like logically wrap our minds around, yeah, God died for us on the cross. We've, we've lost the emotional and spiritual heaviness right. of God coming and dying on the cross for us. And so that's why we sing,
1: to remind ourselves of the truth of God and, yeah, stir up. And then in response, yeah, yeah. then uh, then uh, that's one example where uh, emotions are a, a really good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a good thing to experience is when it's based on, on God's truth and what He's done for us because, um, you know, when, when the weight of that really settles on you and hits you, then that is that does elicit an emotional Mm -hmm. response because we know you know what we deserve we know Mm -hmm. what we've really earned and the fact that God uh, doesn't give us that that he he, he's gracious and merciful to us man that just um, that just really draws out uh, those uh, those affections
0: really. yeah yeah and typically speaking in in uh, worship songs there's there's two categories there's songs of declaration and songs of response so songs of declaration is singing this is what god did mm-hmm. this is who god is and songs of response are more of okay now what am i going to do because of that truth. Right. Um, so, like, uh, and, and every song has a little bit of both mm-hmm. in it, um, but, like, This is Amazing Grace um, uh, by Phil Wickham, a song of declaration. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Um, uh, it's just, every line is just declaring what God did, who God is. And then songs like, um, Great Are You, Lord, um, It's Your Breath in Our Lungs, so We Pour Out Our Praise, and that's that. More yep. of a song of response, or like all um, I surrender all, mm-hmm. uh, a song of response. Is I've I'm, I'm now taking these truths that I just sung about and reminded ourselves about, and now I'm going to internalize that and then pour back out a response mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, um, a a doxology, if yes. you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, as the as the Bible, um, a term used in the Bible. Uh, and so, so singing very much plays a very important process, even though it doesn't always seem like it does. It does. It unifies mm-hmm. the church together on the truths of God, um, reinvigorates our hearts when done properly, and then elicits a response back mm-hmm. out to it. Um, and as you mentioned, the Bible calls us to uh, sing. Uh, do you have those passages pulled up? Um, Lee, uh, Lee went through a few. I can read them if you don't.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, you uh, do? Okay. The first one is Hebrews 2.12. Uh, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians 5, uh, 19. Uh, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then James five thirteen, uh, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise.
0: Yeah, and so we see often in the Bible is talking about singing songs um, uh, for those reasons. Uh, And what should come, that that very last one, it's like, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. You know, that's where we saw a lot of those uh, songs in the Bible that were written Mm -hmm. came out of uh, moments of happiness, right? Like the song of Moses. Um, Some say that uh, when Adam... Uh, or sorry, when Eve was first made, yeah. that the first thing that Adam did uh, is like a poetic yeah, song. Yep. Um, he, he, uh, he wooed her with his music. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, uh, we see, uh, was it Elizabeth or Mary that sang a song after hearing, I think it was Mary sang a song after hearing that Jesus, that she was going to give birth to Jesus. Or was it Elizabeth?
1: I don't remember. One
0: of those two, sing a song. I can't remember.
1: Not to go later. Um
0: but it always came out at times of like joy and like okay, God did something. Okay, let's write this down and right. sing it now. Uh, I don't know if they actually wrote it down, but th- they would sing it now. The ones in the Bible, they did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and and so our our songs should always be based on or our singing, and our songs and our worship should always be based on. Um, like joy and happiness in what God's uh, doing and what God has done, and whenever you strip that, whenever you strip God from songs, it's just songs, right? Right. Um, so there was this—I uh, didn't look into it uh, beforehand, so I forgot the church name. Or it's not even the church. Uh, there's this guy uh, who who loved the morality and the camaraderie of church, yet was an atheist. Uh, and so his goal was to um, create a community of people who centered around the morality and the the um, uh, the community of church, yet stripped of God completely.
1: Sounds weird, right? Uh, that sounds very weird. Yeah. Uh, first question is how how are you going to create a body of people? Of moral people, without God in the picture. Here, here is the classic. That's, by what standard? Yep. Yeah, well, <laughs> right.
0: so here's the interesting thing: I was, is uh, listening to it on a debate is between a Christian and this guy talking about you know, can you have church without God? And this guy was so fervently passionate about this movement that uh, I can't remember the name of it that they were trying to do, but he uh, he uh, expressed his issues with it is like, like we just can't seem to like grow. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> Right. you can't have, you know, the morality and the community of the church without God. God is the foundation and the center of it all. Yeah. Like once you remove that, it's like, why are we here? He founded the church. Yeah. He establishes it. <laughs> and it's like, you might come. He's like, oh, like, oh, I'm having fun. There's people around us. But then like, there's no power right. there. It's like it's just, it's just people hanging out, which is cool, I guess. But like,
1: but don't call it church. Yeah, you
0: you can't build a community. I don't think they call church. Oh, okay. Um, They call something else. Um, But you can't you can't really build a sustained, deeply cored community of people when you don't really have anything that you're you're united on. Anyways, all all that say is, um, out of this there was a. A, um, a group of people who wanted to put together a secular church service. I don't know if it's the same same group of people.
1: Uh, are these uh, those videos you uh, you showed me a while back? Maybe. Uh, where they're like meeting in the gym yeah, or something. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So the, so the, their goal was to let's have a, check, a secular church service. And um, they they uh, had a band up there and they were singing, uh, they, they wanted to sing songs together, and so they were singing, uh, what, what song was it? Um, like, Don't Stop Believing" <laughs> um, by uh, Journey.
1: That was pretty universal, I yeah. mean, to be fair. But. Like, like songs like that, like
0: karaoke <laughs> yeah. songs. And so they had a band up there playing it, and they had the lyrics up on the screen, and everyone's gathered together singing it. Right. And and then, you know, a guy gets up there and gives a little TED Talk um, about whatever, I don't know, and then... I, and then they dismiss. I don't know, but it's one of those things of like, it has all of the appearance of church on there, yet you look in on it and you're like, "What are y'all doing? Why? Are you,
1: like, don't get me wrong, don't stop believing's a good song. <laughs> don't stop believing. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, it's like, um, this is just weird. Whenever you strip. The reason why you gather together, all of a sudden, it's like we're just singing to sing, and we're just doing whatever, and and that's like the power of God being in the center of mm-hmm. the worship service. That if if God is in the center, then now there's a reason that we've gathered together. Now there's a reason that we're singing. There's a reason why we're why we're you know uh, proclaiming and declaring these truths. Because there's a God who has saved us and redeemed us, and now they elicits joy and happiness out into the form of, of song. Yep. Remove that, and you're like, now it's just a bunch of people who can't sing, <laughs> gathered together singing 80s hits. <laughs> right. uh, it's just weird at that point, uh, which is why it, it never lasts. Yeah, because yeah, you can't gather and sing together consistently around nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so, Absolutely right.
0: So that's why we sing. You may have wondered, why do we sing in church? That's why we sing, to remind ourselves of the truths of God and then stir in our hearts a response back to God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about singing? Uh,
1: no, I think, uh, I think that's good. Do you want to sing a song right now? Uh, dude, I would love to sing a song. All right. But the the question is, does anyone want to hear me sing this I, song?
0: I want to hear a song. <laughs> Judah, can you... Oh, Judah's shaking his head no. <laughs> well, I was a vote yes. Judah was a vote no. And so, um, unless it's unanimous, I guess we got to say no. Yeah, that's uh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. If you want to hear Jacob sing, just, just comment down yeah, below. that's right. If we get... 10 comments
1: (laughs) (laughs) and say, Man, that's a low bar, but now that'd be a pretty high bar. I think we get 10 comments saying, Yes, Jacob sings,
0: (laughs) then I will bring my guitar (laughs) next week and and we'll have Jacob sing a song.
1: That's right, it's a great way to tank the podcast really fast, (laughs) but you know, that's okay. We'll see what happens.
0: You're gonna go report the video so it gets like pulled from YouTube (laughs) Um,
1: for copyright or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> our inappropriate content. This will hurt your ears.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so, uh, so that's what they did. They prayed and they sang. Uh, Lee mentioned there was actually no sermon, um, and so you can't have worship services without sermons. Um, uh, and worship doesn't have to include sermons. Uh, but they prayed and they sang. Then what happened after they prayed and they sang?
1: Oh, man, there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. And then... Not just Paul and Silas. Not not only did their uh, jail cell door open and swing open, all of them swung open,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then their bonds were all loosed. They mm-hmm. they were all freed from uh, from the stocks that they were in or the chains that they were in, and the uh, the jailer realizes uh, what happens. He wakes up, so he's sleeping through their their worship. Uh, it seems like <laughs> <laughs> he was bored. That means that they were. Maybe that means that they were good singers because they like yeah, them to sleep. Yeah, lulled them to sleep. Maybe so. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, the, yeah, the jailer draws his sword and he's ready to, to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Pastor Lee mentioned sort of the background on that. It's not like, uh, you know, today if there's a jailbreak, then they figure out which
2: it's guard. Yeah, which yeah.
1: guard it was that somehow dropped the ball, if they even did drop the ball. Because mm-hmm. uh, prisoners, you know, especially those that have been in prison a long, long time. It seems like they're pretty. They get pretty creative. Uh, mm-hmm. On, I mean, you have nothing else to do if you're not if you're not worshiping. I guess, yeah. Uh, you know, thinking of ways to escape. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's not like we we go and uh, execute prison guards for escaped prisoners mm-hmm. nowadays. But back then, that's what they would do, and that's yeah. that's the incentive to be sure that a, a nobody in your charge better uh, escape jail.
0: Yeah, because at best they just dropped the ball yep which put other people in danger right right uh, at worst they can they colluded yeah. with them which obviously put other people in danger mm-hmm. and so in both cases they're like no
1: no you like you get the death penalty yeah. for that you're clearly not a very good jailer yeah. so uh, yeah. we have no use for you
0: yep. basically our our uh, legal system is much more lenient these yes, days. <laughs> way more linear. <lenient. laughs> uh, but anyways, yes. So so that's why he you know went to you know kill himself. He's like I'd rather just kill myself now than you know have, yeah, have them. You know, uh, I, w- I wonder if they would have hung him on the cross. I wonder if they would have viewed that as treason.
1: Um, it probably depends uh, on whether he was a citizen, yeah. uh, a Roman citizen or not. It, it, there were probably different factors, but uh, whatever they would have done to him. Just falling on his sword was yeah, a better. Was a better
0: option, yeah. So, yeah. So he's about to kill himself. Paul, out of the darkness, says, Don't do it. Yeah. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. There's no need for anyone to die today. Uh, and this guy was so blown away that they did not seize the opportunity to just flee, which Paul and Silas are better guys than I am. <laughs> I would, right. I would maybe. I uh, but they didn't seize that opportunity. Um, they stayed there and said, hey, we're still here. We're still here. And what happened because of that?
1: Well, it says that the, the jailer, uh, he he's trembling with fear. He rushes in. um and it's interesting. He calls for lights. So apparently there's other jailers there around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or maybe they had a light switch. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they had uh, light bulbs figured out. It was all, uh, uh, hey, Siri, turn on the lights. He calls for lights.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, my God! <laughs> just that. turned on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, he, man, uh, just imagine this guy's panic, mm-hmm. right? When. Uh, the earthquake happens. Uh, maybe he hears all the doors opening, and you know there's there's got to be no- the noise of chains happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it all wakes him up, and he it's like you know when. I don't know. You realize it's like you've forgotten something that was really important, and like your heart sinks, and mm-hmm. you just you know it's uh, it's like panic mode, or or maybe uh, you slept through your alarms. Mm-hmm. Or like I've done this, you know. It's like, oh man, I slept through all my alarms, and I'm supposed to be at work like five minutes ago, and I'm not awake. And you know, anyway, um, that sense of panic, but like amplified because he knows what this means for his life. Um, so he rushes in, trembles. And uh, with fear, and he falls down before Paul and Silas. And then, I mean, this is enough to convince him, right? Uh, and he asks them, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And uh, they tell him, they preach the gospel to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he responds positively uh, mm-hmm. to that. Uh, he and uh, his whole family uh, all are saved as well. Uh, they uh, presumably hear the gospel, and they're, uh, they're all baptized uh, as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, pretty powerful, uh, if you think about it, uh, the um, Paul and Silas they could have uh, escaped, uh, sort of like how uh, uh, Peter was Peter, right? That uh, the angel came and uh, helped him escape out of jail. I mm-hmm. think. Um, uh, so it, it, they could have done that. They could have just left, and they didn't. Um, and so true to form, they're really there uh, as as ministers of the gospel, first and foremost. Their own lives, okay, whatever. Um, but they're they're mm-hmm. ready to to share the gospel with anyone that'll hear.
0: Yeah, well, and the cool thing that happened here is, like, all of their worship, all their praying, all their singing set the stage for what was about to happen. Because uh, no doubt he was there. Yeah. He heard all of this right. going on, like, as he watched them. Uh, and he probably thought they were kooks, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, anyone who isn't a Christian is like, why do y'all gather together?
1: And sing, and right. Pray. Um, well, and it's also like you have to wonder, you know, with with the ancient sort of pagan idea of you know having many many different gods, and uh, oh, if this is the god of these people over here, well, their god obviously must not care very much about them yeah. if he's uh, allowed yeah. them to be mm-hmm. beaten and uh, thrown in jail. It's like, oh yes, very powerful god that yes, you have. Yes. Like, oh, I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, it, it had to have been at least in some ways, a response to the, the praying and the singing. Um, and then this miracle happening that mm-hmm. this guy's like, oh, like, no, uh, th- their God is the real deal.
0: Yeah, because essentially, them not leaving, they saved his life. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so, so there's that element to it. There's the element of, oh, your God did this. And then there's the element of, not only did your God did this, but, but y'all have shown mercy to me. Uh, Like, you could have bettered yourself, but instead of bettering yourselves, you lowered yourselves, humbled yourselves, and and looked out for my needs. They love their neighbor. They love their neighbor. And so, like, all of their actions that was going on beforehand is now being supported by—or, sorry, all of their their praying and singing— and uh, proclamations about who God is and who they are is now being supported by their actions yep. in this moment, uh, and that's that's a really powerful thing. Is that that people can look on what we what we say as a church and what we say as Christians and what we sing and what we proclaim, but it, that that's the logical part of it. But that logical part will only move to the heart whenever they see that backed up by true fruit and hmm. and actions. Um, and so, so that's, that's probably a good um, reminder for us that as we gather together and pray and sing, those are great things, and that's how we worship God. But don't forget to um, have that move into our fruit as we deal with other people. So mm-hmm. that way our proclamation and our actions line up together Yeah. and, and that, people
1: get saved. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, One of the things I think is really incredible about this, you know, isn't just that, you know, this jailer uh, was saved, but that even even his whole family at the same time. So it's not like, you know, put yourself in the jailer's shoes. Okay, these two guys over here who've been arrested and beaten and thrown in jail like uh, they're probably I mean, they're probably not the guys that you would think to have as dinner guests at your house. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what he does. He takes them. Hopefully he gives them clothes. Yeah. Oh, them surely. Uh,
0: <laughs> which, uh, you know, how did he get them home?
1: I don't know. I, I do
0: have is a lot of Is he on the run now? This. He is, might be. Yeah,
1: the jailer's now on the run. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready to go. Right. Um, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's what he does is, uh, man, he, he takes it, the jailer takes it a step further and uh, not only does he believe, but he's like, "Hey, come to my house. Let me feed mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, maybe uh, regain some of some of their strength and and those things." And uh, he washes their wounds, and then it says he was baptized at once. He mm-hmm. and his family
0: uh, in the bathtub.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, that's uh, that's also an interesting question. Where they go? Well, I guess they they had bodies of water around. Yeah, there. they did. Uh,
0: pretty easily could find one.
1: Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it does uh raise a question about mode, I guess, but mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to read too much into the into the mm-hmm. text. Don't want to get too deep into the <laughs> denominational divides. Yeah, that's right. Um and I think uh especially in verse 34 um it says that the jailer uh, he then uh then he brought them up into his house and set food before them and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And so Paul and Silas, their prayers, their uh, singing hymns to God, uh, and their worship, there, despite those circumstances, has bled over. This man has been converted, he and his family, uh, they become believers, and now they're rejoicing uh, and and seemingly having their own worship service oh, there yeah. in, mm-hmm. uh, in their home. Now they're singing songs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like just, a
1: pyramid scheme.
0: It's like it just—you <laughs> just recruit other people to sing songs underneath
1: you. He's uh, Paul and Silas clearly were trying to form a uh, a worship band. <laughs> they needed a bass player, so it's like
0: <laughs> like the jailer. It's like, do you you have an awfully low resonant voice? Are you a bass singer? <laughs> right. We've been looking for a bass. <laughs> Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Well, before we got into yeah. that, it's real. I think it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I,
0: I never uh, thought about that way of like uh, what started in singing ended in singing. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's a little bit of what um, what good worship looks like. What really good worship looks like. Um, if if the I would power. have named the sermon, the but the power, the power of wonderful yeah. worship looks like that. Um, you've got. You got Paul and Silas imprisoned for their faith, uh, and didn't use that awful circumstances as a chance for complaining or grumbling, but rather as an opportunity for worship. And what we see in their worship is prayer and singing, and out of their um, humble prayers and out of their humble singing and uh, truths to God, God responded. Uh, And not only were they set free, but they were actually able to share and witness to the jailer, and he and his family were set free Mm -hmm. spiritually. Yeah, that's Um, right. There we go. And so, anyways, we're going to keep going next week with this theme of worship because I get to preach. Ooh, all right. And we're going to talk more about worship and, uh, and... and fun things, but I'm not going to spoil too much of it. No sneak um, peek. No sneak. Well, uh, we're going to be in Revelation. Oh, that, that's our sneak peek for you. Fine. But um, uh, but we're going to dig a little bit into um, why we worship, um, uh, which we talked a little bit about today. Yeah. Um, may, maybe we maybe we should have a special guest on next week uh, to to get some different uh, get d- different thoughts. Anyways, yeah. let's move into the bad doctrine of the week. And um, hopefully y'all don't know too much about this one. Okay. So, <laughs> Bad Doctor of the Week. There's this, um, there's this lady named Lily Alcott. I didn't know who she is. Hopefully y'all don't know who she is because she is a, um, I don't know if, if I'm supposed to say this. She's on OnlyFans, which is, uh, if you don't know what that is, it's a um, promiscuous website. Let's put it that way. It's a website you probably shouldn't be on um, where, where girls can create profiles and guys can pay them money to see um, inappropriate photos gotcha. and or videos or whatever. Anyways, uh, so hopefully you don't know who she is. Uh, but this girl, Lily Alcott, was in an interview with Piers Morgan. And um, in this interview, he was basically asking her, it's like, it's like this line of profession that you've, you've chosen to work in. Um, like, like, aren't you, like, like, sure, it pays really well. Like, like you're making all this money, but aren't you, like, concerned with, like, the shame aspect that brings on your family and the immorality of it and all these different, like, things? And, and she was basically having none of it. Like, she didn't care at all. It's like, for her, I'm making money. That's all I care about. And, and one of the things he asked her was, um, like, aren't you concerned that your kids are gonna see what you do, and be like, just devastated by that? And what she said was awful. She said that her kids can cry about it in their Ferraris. Wow. Yeah, not great. No. So let's, well, let's talk about that statement. So essentially, what she's saying is, is, I don't care if my kids cry or upset or horrified at what I do, they've got stuff and they've got things. And so they can cry about it. I don't care, but we
1: got money. <laughs> right. Not yeah. just stuff and things. Ferraris. Ferraris. Big stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, first off, I mean, there's just like every week. It seems like every week, the bad doctrine that we, that we find, there's so many different ways to cut it. Um, Number one, I mean, I, number one is we're created in God's image, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're we all have this uh, inherent value. Um, and since the fall, right there, uh, we do have shame, uh, or we're supposed to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, you know, when it comes to our bodies, <clears throat> and so uh, you know, obviously, uh, shouldn't feel like I shouldn't even have to say this, but. Putting yourself out there in that position on uh, a website like OnlyFans in that way seems to be very, very. It's very, very contradictory to the way that God would have us to to mm-hmm. function and to live. Just our you know, ourselves, right? Not not even thinking right now about the effect of uh, everybody that consumes those those images and mm-hmm. um, is is uh, sort of participating on that website. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. That's number one. Uh, is is yeah. There there should be some shame uh, mm-hmm. involved in doing that. Uh, shame. Uh, shame's not always a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes shame does serve us, mm-hmm.
2: right?
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a verse. Uh, I don't know where. I think it's in First Peter uh, that says, um, "Godly, godly grief or godly guilt." Pushes us to repentance, mm-hmm. and worldly guilt pushes us to destruction. Yeah, and so, so guilt, shame can be good. Yeah, because uh, like it's it's conviction, right? Uh, about uh, the state of things or the state of what you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and the whole point of conviction is to
1: push you to repentance, right? And part of the the way that our culture has gone is um, a no shame culture. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what I do, what I think, what I say. Uh, It doesn't matter how I make money. Um, You know, you can't make me feel shame uh, about it or, or how dare you bring it up. A lot Mm -hmm. of the times is the response that you get. uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to live my life. It doesn't affect you. Don't worry about it. Um, I feel no shame.
0: Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before where, where there is shame. Like we all have shame. It's, it's it's a reality of life. We have shame um, of the sin that we do. And in, in, from a from a Christian perspective, that shame pushes you to God, mm-hmm. and and uh, we can't alleviate our shame, but God can. We can try to create you know fig leaf clothing for us yeah. like Adam and Eve did, but that will never cover our shame. So God created um, animal skin coverings, you know, implying you know a, right. a, a death occurred yep. to cover our shame. Um, so from a Christian perspective, we can't alleviate our shame. God can, mm-hmm. but from a non-christian perspective the shame is still there it's still a reality of life and so you have to deal with it yeah and so you can't alleviate it like literally you yourself can't alleviate the shame so what's the next best thing pretend it's not there yep just redefine everything yep. and just shove it down as as as, as as deep as you can which is where you know a lot of this uh you know probably from like you know third wave feminism mm-hmm. is where like you can't uh, like like if a woman wants to demoralize herself and devalue herself in exchange for money, who are you to say that that's wrong? That's right.
1: She's free, yeah. uh, and she can do that, and she should do that yeah. because she's uh, she is free, and yeah. uh, she should be proud of uh, uh, of her body and you know all these yeah. things and show it off. And,
0: yeah, and, and I would hear. Um, like not, not even like liberal people, cause like progressive, you know, far left progressive usually takes that approach. But even people that are like center, or like libertarian would kind of, you know, take the approach of like, hey, I don't agree with it, but if that's what makes you happy, then go about it. And I would go a little bit further and say like, like, no. <laughs> You shouldn't do that because even though you think that that's what's fulfilling you in this moment, like you're devaluing yourself and that's not what's going to lead, lead to happiness. Right. Like it's just, there's no way that objectifying yourself and turning, like it, it's not turning your labor into a product, it's turning you right. into a product. And um, and there's, there's many different reasons why that's not good. Um, like one, um, you're... You're you're selling yourself off to the highest bidder, mm. um, which is not a good thing, but but just in your own like personal intrinsic uh, value, it's like you're just slowly just chipping away yeah. at your internal value, um, and that doesn't mean that you're not valuable to God, but you're you're slowly reprogramming yourself to not be made in the image of God like in how you think of yourself right? like you're just devaluing
1: yourself and then the practical outworking of that you know if let's say that uh, this woman who's on uh, OnlyFans you know I I don't know what her uh, marital status is or you know if she's in any kind of a relationship uh, at some point she
0: had to be she she has kids Well, um, in
1: some kind of relationship uh, but the question is okay, what kinds of guys are you going to be attracting Mm -hmm. by putting yourself out there in that way and presenting yourself that way? Not the ones that you want, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I I
2: mean,
1: (laughs) right. Depends on what they're looking for Not from a Christian perspective. (laughs) yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's one. And then, yeah, it's uh, the image of God and, and, uh, and being devalued, uh, in that way is, is definitely one, uh, Mm -hmm. one effect there. Um, But the other issue that she really, uh, her real response is the money, Mm -hmm. is the the cash. So who cares what the kids think, uh, you know, when they realize uh, what what mom has been doing. Um, But, uh, you know, they can cry about it in their Ferraris. So uh, she's justifying it really first and foremost as a way of of. Uh, making money mm-hmm. and not just making ends meet like she's forced into it but mm-hmm. like oh we're going to go and get the nicest yeah. best stuff and um, which is uh, something that um, that we as fallen creatures do tend to struggle with is mm-hmm. money right mm-hmm. um, Jesus talks a lot about money mm-hmm. for example uh, like the you know Sermon on the Mount is a great example um, you can't serve both God and and mammon or, or, or money mm-hmm. uh, that way it's you uh, if our hearts belong to money, you know you, you don't have a, a you can't be a servant and serve two masters, yep. basically. Yep. And so, uh, yeah. Do you have thoughts uh, on that one?
0: Yeah, on on the money side, it's like money's not the end all be all. And this is coming, I, I love finances. Um, I drive my wife crazy. because um, I'm I'm like a budgeter. Uh, like I'll I'll sit and pull up bank statements and and look at stuff. Um, just because I enjoy that. I, I like yeah. numbers. I, I was I was a math guy in high school. And, um, and so it's really easy for me to drift into that money side of like, and, and I will sa- uh, if left unchecked, I will sacrifice values for money. Um, and, and like, you know, and my wife is like a great balance to me because she's, she's, um, very much on the other side of like, she sees value first and, and money second. And so, so she is, you know, the better half on that, on that particular topic where she's like pulling me to that side and, and saying like, hey, it's not all about the end all be all, like money. Like like there's money is a tool to be used for life and and if and if that tool is becoming the goal, then you're you're missing the point. Right. 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 And and so if if people you know this isn't the case here, but even if people say, Oh, they're doing it just to make ends meet well, at some point, it's like if you're trying to stay alive, yet if you're trying to stay alive by making money this way, yet you're losing the value of life. Let's find another way. Yeah, let's find another way. That's not even happening here, though. It's not. They're like you said. They're not trying to make ends meet. They're just trying to make as much money as possible. And at the end of the day, you know, it's like like uh, Jesus said, like if you gain the whole world, let yet lose your soul, who cares? Yeah. Right. You like, gain nothing. You've gained right. nothing. You can't take it with you when you die. No. Yep. So who cares? And and maybe you know they're. Atheist or um, nihilistic, and so it's just it's just an empty void afterwards, anyways. And so, might as well you know build my own empire uh, here. Uh, That's right. Yeah, there's it's pretty awful. I I feel bad for I feel bad for a lot of ladies that are are um, have bought into that lifestyle um, because like they're more valuable than that. Mm -hmm. And on guys, like you know the reason that the reason that they've bought into that is because there are guys who will feed it. Yeah. And, and so it's not even completely their fault. They're responsible for their actions, yeah. but, but they wouldn't be doing that if there wasn't a market there right. and guys, and it's like, it's insane, insane. How much money these ladies make on, on the top of the the charts uh, as, uh, seeing something the other day, like the, the number one earner on that site makes made $50 million a month. Oh my gosh. A month. It's it's the market is insane. Nine out of ten guys studies show uh struggle with that. One out of three girls struggle with that. And um one of the things that we gotta do on, on our end of the spectrum is say, even if these people are consenting, and even if these people are um like that's what quote unquote makes them happy, that doesn't that doesn't change how, how we should view it. Right. Um, and we should always come at it from a place of kindness and a place of compassion in that, um, hey, I care for you as a person. Like, not only are you a daughter of God, uh, but you're a daughter of someone, like like yeah. an, a, an actual person, and you have family, and you have dignity in yourself, and uh, I'm going to have compassion on you and kindness on you, even if you don't have compassion and kindness on yourself. Yeah. Um and I'm just not gonna participate in this. Uh and and so that's how we need to do it. Um again, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be ladies doing that if there wasn't a market for it. Right. And so so guys need to step up as well on mm-hmm. that. Anyways, any final thoughts. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I have a memory, you know, you brought up uh the way that you and Randy handle money uh or handle spending money mm-hmm. a little bit. I have a memory. Years ago, um, we, we think we had a young adults gathering at y'all's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, my wife, Sam, was there. And uh, so our, our two wives were talking and it came up that Randy really thought that she needed a new rug for one of the rooms mm-hmm. that y'all have. Do you remember this? vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> and so it became a conversation. Mm-hmm. And there were some of the young adult uh, guys that, you know, and we're talking about it and uh I'm kind of being quiet at first and uh and so I don't remember which one it was. Um but he goes, "Oh man, whatever. That uh, that rug is just fine. She doesn't need another one and and <laughs> and you know, they're unmarried. They don't know what mm-hmm. it's like uh exactly being married and and uh and so uh somebody asked me what I thought and I'm like let her buy the rug. Get the rug. <laughs> just get the rug. Get the rug. It'll if it makes her happy. Yeah. Okay. Just you know, if you got money in the bank, yeah. just get the rug, pull the trigger. It'll oh, be man. great. We've had
0: to meet in the middle a lot on that, uh just because it, it pains me. I'm I'm such a tightwad. Uh that pains me to spend money. Um even if I like whatever we're getting. Oh uh, I'm the same yeah. way
1: uh on some things. Mm-hmm. So A lot of times when my wife wants to buy things, I'm just like, just, okay, sure, buy it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Last night, we were sitting on our couch, and I don't remember how in the world this came up, but she looks at me and she goes, "Um, uh, Reagan says that we need – Reagan's our six-year-old daughter. uh, Reagan says that we need couch pillows. And (laughs) I said – No, (laughs) we got these, she bought these uh, big fancy pillows for the, for the bed Mm -hmm. and they spend more time, yeah, whatever, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They spend more time on the floor and in the way. And I'm like, the last thing we need is to clutter up the living room more than it is with Mm -hmm. all the kids stuff all Mm -hmm. the time. No, we don't, (laughs) we don't need throw pillows for the couch. (laughs) You're killing me. Judah,
0: are you pro throw? Pro throw. Pro throw.
1: Are
0: you pro throw? Yes. Ah, he's he's pro throw pillows. He's pro
1: yeah. throw the pillows out because you oh, need yeah. them, right? okay. Get him out of here. That's what he meant. Oh, okay. okay. That's okay.
0: what you mean. Pro pro throw the pillows out. Not pro have the throw no, pillows.
1: I only have one pillow.
0: One pillow. That's all you okay. need. Actually, I have two. I have two. One, one, one,
1: to, okay. one to lay on, one to hold. <laughs> uh, I have two to lay on, but over time they've like kind of gotten squished to the point where I need to. Yeah. Because I don't get new pillows. We talked about this recently. With oh, yeah. The my
0: wife hates it because uh, I have the same pillow for the past 10 years. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 Because you can't change. Yeah. Because then your sleep is messed up. She's it's like, that it. pillow's gross. You need a new one.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, it's still good. I like it. You're like, stop trying to spend money. Yeah. I put
1: a, <laughs> I,
2: put a
0: um, <laughs> I put a pillow sheet over it
1: anyways. Yeah, uh, that's right. You don't even see the actual pillow. Yeah. And then you wash the the uh, pillowcase. That's it. Yeah. Uh, pillow yeah. yeah, case. Pillow And case, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, So a little side uh, quest there, side conversation.
0: Money's not everything. That's right. (laughs) We're to bring it back. The image of God is more important than money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) Judah, you got any thoughts? We made it to an hour and eight minutes. Hour and eight minutes, eh? All right. There we go. That's 20 minutes shorter than last week. All right. Well, if y'all don't have anything else, we're glad that y'all joined us. I forgot to mention this. If you made it this far, like, subscribe, comment. Remember, if we get 10 comments suggesting that, that Jacob sings, we'll sing next week. And so, so, do those comments. We've got one comment here Judah, I'm pointing at you. you. You go comment. I'll go comment. That's two already. Oh, man. I bet I can get the staff to comment. That's another, you know, five or so. So, we just need a couple of comments, guys. A couple of comments. And we'll have Jacob t- <laughs> sing a song next week.
1: Careful what you wish for.
0: Yes. Uh, anyways, we're glad that y'all joined us here today. We'll be back next week. We look forward to seeing you. Ya. Y'all have a good
2: day.